Hey, you're on with Alex Easy Polizzi, a man who took what MMA junkie has called a hellacious knee recently, and I'm with the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Process Podcasters. I'm your co-host, Nee Wallace-Bruce, a.k.a. NWB, and I'm joined by Mr. Corby Durand, a.k.a. Kobe. Kobe, how you doing? Fantastic, buddy. Fantastic. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. We've got a, we've got a special guest. He's from the west side, the far west side. <laughs> you can go <laughs> as far west as you can go to the, to, to the island of Oahu in Hawaii. It's a big mahalo to... Keone Diggs, that's the Bellator MMA hey. fighter. How you doing, boss? Hey, what's up, my guys? Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you on. Now, Keone, I guess when I think of Hawaii and MMA, there's yourself. I think of Max Holloway as well. Tell us a little bit about the scene out there. It's kind of one of our biggest sports. We, You know, Hawaiians like to fight. You know, it's either... Even from my, my nephews, them, me teaching them in the yard, like just the regular basics of boxing or whatever the case may be. You know, it's just kind of been in the culture for a long time from boxing, kickboxing, taekwondo, uh, judo. There's a there's a solid judo scene out here. So, you know what I mean? A lot of martial arts schools out here. We're largely Asian influenced out here as well in Hawaii. That's one of the, the major cultures, you know what I mean? And a lot of Asian influences out here. It's, it, Everybody's some part of Asian out here in Hawaii, and you know, you could find all the martial arts. Um, they all kind of rooted and based in in Asia. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I know there's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but I don't know if I thought Japanese Jiu-Jitsu was before Brazilian, so but I'm not too sure. But uh, you know, we got a big judo scene out here, kickboxing, boxing, Muay Thai, Taekwondo. So we have a lot, a lot of martial arts schools in Hawaii. So you know. And then when MMA kind of came around and even more so mainstream, everybody wanted, you know, they've been training forever already. So this is something that was embedded in the culture. Nice. Are there any like professional promotions that operate strictly in Hawaii? There are. There's a Destiny MMA. We got Trinity Kings and we got X1. Okay. Okay. And did you start in one of those? No, I fought in a few of them. Well, we just have some really legit shows out here before kind of like the UFC monopolized everything. Yeah. We had Elite, Elite XC come out here. We had Rumble on the Rock. All these guys had former and, former um, UFC champions in them from Anderson Silva to Leoto Machida to we had a bunch of different guys out here. Robbie Lawler was out here for a while fighting on the, the Super Brawls and the Elite XC cards and yeah, there's always been a lot of MMA in Hawaii. And is, is BJ Penn still a big part of it there? 
That I don't know, but I know that they run that Rumble on the Rock thing. That's him and his brothers. I'm not. That's not BJ Soley. That's, okay, that's a lot of him and his brothers. But yeah, they still got their hands in it somewhat. All right, cool, cool. So you're currently in Hawaii, but you spend time in Arizona. Is that correct as well? Yes, sir. So is it more like a fifty-fifty split, or do you just go to Arizona for camps before fights? How does that work? The pandemic made it a little weird to travel. So I did do some camps in Hawaii. We were one of the last ones to lift some certain restrictions. So, yeah, we're just um, in the pandemic. We're definitely going back and forth. I've done a few camps out there since I moved back home. Yeah, fair enough. And you must have been happy to, to be able to fight on home soil in Bellator, the most recent American one in Bellator 279 in Hawaii. It's always good fighting at home. You don't have to leave anywhere. It's a lot more comfortable. But um, I felt like I won that fight. But <laughs> it is what it is. That was a rough yeah, one, man. I was like about it's, to it's, say, yeah. it's got to be bad to have two split decision losses. It's just it's got to kill you to lose those basically to get that judges split. I watched that fight pretty pretty closely, and then I watched it again when I realized we're going to be you know interviewing you. And I mean. The first round, you could see it either way, okay? You could see the first round either way. The second round was obviously yours. It wasn't, there's zero <laughs> doubt that the second round was yours. The right. third round, it was a little different in that King was, it was the only round that he sort of pressed the fight and took the center of the cage. But right. I think you landed the better strikes. So it's, I don't know, man, like I could see it going both ways. That's a, that's a tough one to lose because of how close that fight was. Yeah, I just, they had a good game plan. I should have made some more adjustments, you know what I mean? I didn't expect him to run that much. There was a lot of running. That was a lot of running. I mean, I don't, I don't look at the final, you know, punch numbers, but you obviously threw significantly more strikes. He yeah, may have you know. landed at a higher percentage, but that was only because you were taking the fight to him at such a high clip that eventually, at that point, you do have to leave yourself a little bit open to just, you know, to throw strikes. Yes. So I think percentage-wise, he he did a little bit better than you, but when you look at total numbers, I think you significantly outstruck him. 100%. I just, I didn't anticipate that type of game plan from him. But my job is to make adjustments and be better. So that's all I got for that. You know what I mean? Just, just be better. Next fight, be better. How did you feel going into that fight? Was it a good camp? Yeah, everything was going good. Everything was going good. Everything was on par. Like I didn't see him playing that elusivity game so much. But I should have picked up on it a little earlier. But that's neither here nor there. Is it a difficult cut for you at all to lightweight or no? No. No, not difficult. I made 45 for white. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, okay, where, where do you prefer to be? What's your comfortable weight to fight at? I liked 45, the last one. Um, again, another fight I had, we felt we was winning. Um, and then like when I said, going back to just the last fight too, the only reason he came out super strong because he, he thought he was down two rounds. Yes. Just like we thought. Yes, exactly. That's exactly that's what I thought. I had you up two rounds. I gave the first round to you, although I I could see it going the other way, but I still gave it right. to you, right? So I figure, okay, buddy's got to knock you out. 
yeah, you kind of run away for the whole time and then just waiting for the guy for miss one big shot because he finally trying to crack you and you just, bruh. But it is what it is, you know. That's not my style of fighting. Now, Nee, you've you've brought this up before about the uh, scoring in between rounds. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know, Kobe, you've been following this a lot longer than me, but as someone who's a bit more fresh to the game, I think it's personally better from not only a fan, but an analyst or even a betting point of view. I need to know what the, the judges are doing in between rounds. I think the fight, there'll be less running around the ring. Yeah. For example, if, if a fighter knows, oh, I lost that round, oh, I better, you know, Some I better get it together, to... right? But when yeah. you're playing this guessing game, you don't know what's going to happen when the judges get, get to it. I think there needs to be tr- more transparency, not just MMA, but boxing. We need, you, so you agree, right? I wouldn't mind that. Where each round is judged individually so you know exactly where you stand. They got a they got a scoreboard in every other sport besides ours. That's there right. There we go. There That's we go. right. That's right. And honestly, you know, I think I think the reason behind it now is strictly Vegas. Absolutely. They make some crazy decisions sometimes. Yeah, oh, ridic- look, ridiculous decisions. You look some at of them um, so bad. You look at the Canelo fight recently in boxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he didn't get knocked out, it would have been a draw if if he didn't have. What happened to him happened to him. I'm telling you right now, Vegas would not have allowed him to lose, but, you know, it was an upset result. But there are, I feel like there are certain fighters that Vegas protects, like, oh, this guy's too big for the game. We can't have him lose, so we'll just call it a draw and, you know. And, you know, they want to, not their investment, but if you bring a lot of money to the city, they're definitely going to try to keep. That's right. That. Right. So, so if you're not winning the fight, that's all right. We'll just give you a draw. We'll hook you up. Get you on the next yep. one, and, and also it affects the live betting, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think I think that's the other side of it is they don't want to show you the scores because they have that live bet where after each round, if you want to you want to change your mind as to who you think is right, right, win right, it. right, <laughs> right. So by keeping that out of it, it, it gives them that additional revenue. But I just think it it hurts it so bad, especially in MMA where the judging can be so bad. I don't know. Sometimes I just, yeah, I trip out on the judging, but <laughs> I train with Max and all these guys. And if Max lost that second one to Volkanovski, if anybody know about a bad decision and bouncing back, it's him. Yeah. Mm. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. That, exactly. That one was blatant. You know what I mean? The first one, I don't really know. The second one, I do know, though. <laughs> mm. There's no way. <laughs> so <laughs> hold on. So you drop somebody twice and. I'm going to finish him twice, and then he get the belt. Come on now. Okay, now, yeah. do, do you think he'll, he'll You think he'll win the next one? Come on now. It's my teammate, and that's my friend. What do you think? Yeah, but okay, do you think he's improved since then? Yeah. Besides Zombie, that was our first fight. Volkanovski finished in like five years since Chad Mendes, who don't even fight MMA anymore. That's right. We're talking about yeah. a guy who finished the GOAT at 45. Now he's still banging it out good at 35 with Jose, but, but it's, I don't know, just maybe I'm biased though too, you know what I mean? Max has been fighting some of the toughest, top, toughest guys, top guys for the last 10 years of his life, and he's only 30. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you know, but nothing, not, nothing against Volk. 
Okay, so honest, honest. I feel Max is going to smash him. All right, honest question, Keone. Honest question. Do you feel the the judges have ever given you one anywhere in your career? Nope. Like, um, so I thought these these last. I I guess that's not for me too. Don't go into don't go into uh, split decisions because I've gotten two unanimous decisions, and those were. I was no, they didn't win no parts of the whole fifteen minute fight. That's right. The guy in Vegas, I dropped him. I face planted him on his face. It, it, it just everything. He took like twenty left hands. There's no way. He didn't even touch me. The auto boy, same thing. He got saved by the bell. I had a rear naked all the way, like fully sunk in everything. Two hooks, hand behind the hand behind the crown of the back of his head, like it was over. Five more seconds, he would have went to sleep. So, nah, no way. These were super closer. But I'm understanding, too, that people are watching film on me. I don't think much of myself, but maybe these guys is maybe these guys is doing somebody homework. I don't know. My job is to reevaluate and just get better. Because you, you're, cause you're a southpaw, it kind of... What is that? Since, I, since I'm what? A southpaw. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It gives them additional room to run, right? Kind of, because I hit that angle so hard, but... It's, you know, you just gotta say, so just gotta make the adjustment to be better. There's, there's ways that, there's ways to do it. Lessons ain't losses. So, do, do you know when your next fight is? I don't know. We're trying to look for September, maybe ending of September. We got a couple things maybe working on. So, um, okay. Just told my manager when I'm trying to get back on it and whatnot. So, that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at for the next one. Okay. Yeah, that's um. Look forward to seeing that down the line. You mentioned the gym that you fight out of. I believe it's what uh, Gracie Technics. Yes. So tell us about that. I, I know Holloway's in there, but yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. It's a small team. Like after pandemic, it was kind of hard to get back all the set practices we've been going. But um, the coaches pretty much just take you on a one-on-one basis. So whether it be Ryland or Ivan or. Oh. Yeah, basically just kind of downsize the team a little bit more. Focused in on exactly you, what you're going to be needing versus a whole team practice. So, um, right. yeah, that's kind of how it's been going. And then I fill it up with a bunch of jujitsu classes and hitting mitts with one of my other good friends who's been fighting for a long time. And yeah, pretty much that's just basically the rundown of it. That's cool. This episode is brought to you by Sports Interaction. Canada's most trusted sports book with betting options available from every sport you can imagine. From futures and money line betting to real-time live betting during games, Sports Interaction offers its customers the most competitive odds in Canada. So head on over to our website and sign up today as Sports Interaction also has a nice deposit bonus if you click on the link. It's available in every province from coast to coast. Now back to the show. I was lucky enough to see Holloway in the UFC fight against Ortega two or three years ago in Toronto. He knows how to work a crowd, so I look Go forward back. to seeing you. I'll, yeah, I look forward to seeing you in Toronto working the crowd as well. You know, make Coco needs to make that happen. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, Toronto loves Max, but I'm pretty sure that's his favorite basketball team too. Oh, okay. oh he's a Raptors fan. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
That's... I think so. Don't don't um quote me on that, but I'm I'm pretty sure he's a Raptors fan. Okay, you you follow NBA as well? I haven't watched them for a long time, but if I I was big in the '90s and late 2000, early 2000 basketball. Yeah, I was always been a Bulls fan. Uh, I was born in '85, so I was watching Mike at nine, ten years old do things that we ain't never seen before, and we still haven't seen. So, no doubt. I'm a I'm a MJ and I'm a Bulls fan. First of all, yeah, the goat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else do you, do you do? You watch anything else outside of MMA? I'm football. I'm surfing, bodyboarding. You know, I watch a lot of documentaries and stuff, but I don't really watch too much TV. Kind of read a book sometime, hop in the ocean, yeah. be relaxing. But mostly, it's all training. A lot of it. Okay, hold on. So I want to ask you about that. So outside of recovery time after a fight, how quickly do you get back into the gym? Um, I've been sparring the last two weeks with the boys that's getting ready June 10th. So I was back in the gym like a week right after. Really? Yeah. And that's normal? Um, Yeah, just depending on how the body goes. You know what I mean? Off some ones, I've had broken toes and broken bones in my feet. So evidently you can't. You know what I mean? It all depends. I wasn't hurt at all from that last fight. Okay, so okay. I, I, and, I didn't have anything wrong with me. And you studied jiu-jitsu, so do you do any grappling at all? I've never competed in it. I'm not totally against it. It's just, you know, right now I'm just fighting and stuff like that. That's all I'm, I'm kind of focused on right now. Okay. But um, I definitely want to do jiu-jitsu tournaments in the future. Hell yeah. You have your belt? Yeah, I'm pretty much really, really, really close to getting my purple. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that would be through who? Yeah, it'll be through Rylan. Um, Rylan Lazarus of uh, Jiu-Jitsu Coach at Grace Technics. Okay. Okay. Right on. Nice. That's cool. Now, i got to ask. You mentioned surfing, so immediately I'm thinking Kelly Slater. Have you seen him around the, the place? Does, does he come in to spar a little bit when he's not in the ocean? Nah, shit, I've never seen him in the dojo. He'll probably roll with the guys out up north, but uh, no. But we train with a bunch of surfers at, like, our training conditioning, but I haven't seen Kelly really too much. But we, oh, yeah? Get, like, uh, Otto Moniz boys, uh, Zeke Lau. Yeah, we get some of the boys we train with, uh, Billy Camper. Mm-hmm. So nice. that's pretty much the extent of all the surfers, and then plus with the Ruka sponsorship kind of just they got that Ruka surf team too so mm-hmm. know some cool. of the guys out there do you surf Keone? i just bodyboard i don't i haven't started surfing as of yet i need to get out there and get it going but um when i got time i'm just on the bodyboard i'm on the bodyboard and just trying to get barreled <laughs> <laughs> actually i love bodyboarding man i love bodyboarding Oh, nice. Yeah, There's the never... ocean in Canada. <laughs> there is <laughs> nothing you can really surf, but no, no, oh, I, sure. I've, I've bodyboarded in like Bahamas and such right down the, the Oh, Caribbean, nice. Right? Sick, sick, sick. Uh, I yeah. did a, yeah, I've done a, I'm, I grew up in Australia, so I've done a little bit of bodyboarding out there. It's not really my thing, but I think it's cool. I like seeing other people doing it. And I like seeing what part people of Canada are the... you guys from? No, knees from Australia. Yeah, I grew up in Australia. Oh, and you're from Canada. Yeah, I'm from yeah. Toronto. I'm from Toronto. How did you guys even link up? Well, Nee lives here now. 
Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see. Hence the two different accents. I was like, fuck. There we go. There we go. Yeah, totally, right? But it makes for a cool sound, though. It makes for a cool sound for the podcast, man. International podcast. (laughs) I got a breathing coach out there, actually, too. Um, Brett Mallet. Yeah, Yeah, BMP Fitness. Uh, He's out of Australia. We usually go on Zoom meetings. What does that entail? Breathing coach. Just like doing a lot of like breath hold sprints, breath hold works, taping the mouth shut at night, that kind of thing. Just what? Doing some bits. Taping the what? Taping your mouth shut at night. That's a thing? Yeah, so you only do na- nasal breathing because nasal breathing is, you know, that's the one. Mouth oh, breathing yeah. is not good. You got, yeah, just like that's perfect breathing. The babies don't breathe out of their mouth when they come out. They only breathe through their nose. I have wow. I have never heard of that. I have never heard of that before. Yeah, like animals. Uh, what do you think you see Adesanya doing all the time? Well, I, I mean, I I know like yoga breathing exercises and such, but I no, I but like you see um in his in his uh interviews, he's always like you see me just calm in the middle of the um in the middle of the round, just breathing only nasal breathing. My mouth is not even open because that's me hyperventilating already. Like a dog right. only breathes out of his nose when he's hype when he when he's too hot and he's got to start panting just to cool himself off because he's overheating. But besides that, the dog don't breathe out of his nose. I mean, out of his mouth. Like babies are perfect from the squats, their body mechanics, everything. So their breathing is like perfect when you come out. We just fuck it up with all kinds of different stuff. I was about to say. That's awesome. So so how long have you been doing that? Um, this fight we kinda like fell off a little bit, but before that, um I mean we still talk. I had done it occasionally, but nothing nothing concrete like how I was doing for the past three, four camps. Like we was doing a lot of that, yeah. I've been working with him for a while, probably like three camps, four camps, something like that. And did he reach out to you? Did you, like, how'd you find out about him? So I was reading this Oxygen Advantage book by Dr. Ian McCown, and we were kind of going over a lot of that shit anyway. He had started working with, um, like, these activation points and shit like that with um, with uh, Maki and Yancey. So that's how I kind of met him, through Maki and Yancey. Oh, right on. We need to get this guy on the show, Nee. Bro, for real, hundred percent. His name is Brett Mallet. I can, you uh, guys, send me an email. I'll, I'll, I'll hit him up, and then uh, I'll play middleman and see if he's down. If he's got some time, I'm- yeah, no, that sounds awesome. I, I, I love seeing angles we've never heard before. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I can definitely probably middleman that. Nice one, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm just intrigued by like Hawaii in general because I've, I've never been out there. I don't know if Kobe's been out there. I haven't. But- I haven't been to Hawaii. What are some cool things to do out there? Like if someone was traveling out there for a little bit. Anything to do with the water from diving, scuba, going hikes, fishing, surfing, bodyboarding, body surfing, great swims. Yeah, there's good hikes with waterfalls so you can jump into. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Trying all the different varieties of food, all the different local varieties of foods out here. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of stuff. But you know, it's mostly just chill and it's just a little a little bit pulled back from mainland lifestyle. Yeah. So the food, like um Yeah. I'm intrigued. I, I, I need I wanna know about that. What's some what's some of that cuisine going on there? Like I said earlier about when we were talking about the martial arts, a lot of things are um 
big Asian influence out here and um, native Hawaiian influence out here or just Polynesian and you know it's, it's half half it's pretty much Asian influence with Polynesian influence whether it be Hawaiian Samoan food or just whatever the case may be and then Chinese Japanese Vietnamese Filipino food is real good out here so just and then we got a lot of fusions where they combine all that shit together and that's kind of that's more of your standard kind of like local, just local Hawaii street food, I guess. Right. Have you adjusted your diet away from that? Or is that what you stick with leading up to a fight? Oh, I don't eat none. Of, yeah, I don't eat none of that. I'm like on meal preps and shit like that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's certain stuff that is good. Like I eat traditional Hawaiian food, like nomi salmon and poi. Eat a lot of that, which is like the taro leaf. Uh, the taro root actually ground it up. So, um, like, I, I eat a, you can eat some traditional dishes, too. You just got to make sure they're pretty clean and on the on the clean side of things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, you guys got to come and check it out. Good desserts. Absolutely. There's a lot of good food out here, though, for sure. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I didn't realize that right now, Hawaii, there's a difference of six hours between Hawaii and Eastern time. I guess you guys yeah. don't do daylight savings. I guess you don't need to. No, but. no, no. The clocks never move here. <laughs> That's right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess you don't need That's to. Yeah. That's a salt. Yeah, the <laughs> clocks never move here. So I got a little tangled up yesterday. I was supposed to do this yesterday afternoon, but I just, I, I don't know why I thought it was five or six, but I was looking on your guys this time. So no, it just no, kind of messed I, me up. I, for some reason, I thought it was five, four or five hours behind, but no, it's. That's awesome. It's just like mid-afternoon there. That's that's pretty cool. So you know what you know what needs to we need in Hawaii. We need an NFL game. I'm I'm not talking about the Pro yeah, Bowl. Damn right, I'm, damn right. Not, Pro Bowls. Oh, I'm sure that's nice. But I'm talking about a bona fide regular season game at Aloha Stadium or whatever stadium suitable in Hawaii. Well, I know they got to redo the Law Stadium, and that'd be the only venue that would be possibly even could uh, could hold a capacity NFL game. Right. Do you know what capacity is going to go to? Oh, shit, how many people is in the stadium? 50,000, 60,000, 40,000? Let me see. I don't know. Let me see if I can dig that up. Because, no, no, I've got a question behind that if it's 60,000. Okay, so it's old... Aloha Stadium was 50,000. What's the new one going to be? Because if you want to hold a Super Bowl, I think you need 60,000. I think Jacksonville had 60,000. Oh, new Aloha Stadium is going to be 35. Oh, it's smaller. Uh, that's not going to help. Damn. Because that, that would be cool. A Super Bowl in Hawaii would be cool. That would be awesome. And the thing is that they would have to make the roof on them, too, because they're not going to risk that much money and get rained out or whatever. Hawaii rains a lot out of the year, and that's an open open roof stadium. Nah, that's cool. It rains. I've seen Super Bowls in Miami where it rains. It's cool. They'll be fine. They'll work with it. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl in the rain. It'll be fine. <laughs> Very right. true. Now, if people want to follow you, Keone, they want to find out what your next fight is, that sort of thing. What social medias are you on? Um, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Diggs808 is the username, and Keone Diggs Athlete page on Facebook. Right on. No worries. And 
Keone, is there anything that you wanted to share with our audience before we let you go? Not too much. Just check me out. Stay tuned on my next fight. I ain't taking no more losses. <laughs> right on. Be prepared for fireworks, exciting fights. I put on fights for the fans. I don't just think about myself. I could probably go out here and link hump half the guys and just go away with two checks. But, who, you know, if cowards, nothing is written, man. I don't like that kind of stuff. I like, I, I believe, you know. Right on, buddy. No, thank you guys for having me. Oh, for sure, man. So good. So good. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcast's experience, where no sport is left behind.